welcome to the February 2020 PS Plus Roundup and the games this month were the Bioshock Collection, The Sims 4 and an extra Firewall Zero Hour, it's a VR game. So I'm going to jump straight in with the Bioshock Collection. So this included Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock 1 and 2 were on the same download and then Bioshock Infinite came on a separate download. It also included all of the DLC which is pretty good because apparently some of the DLC is actually pretty good. So the download that I downloaded, Bioshock 1 and 2, was 28 gigabytes. I don't know how big the Bioshock Infinite one is but you're not going to be playing all of them at the same time I don't think so it should be fine. Now in case you don't know, Bioshock I'm saying it's horror. I don't know if some people disagree with that, but I think it's horror. It's bloody terrifying, actually. <laughs> it's first-person shooter with a bit of a twist as well. You don't necessarily even have to shoot. Uh, there are different guns. There are also different plasmids, which are a superpower, kind of, that you have in one of your hands. And you can also do a wrench-only playthrough, if you so wish. <laughs> so... The thing about this game, like, it's very beloved. I find it's very beloved. And I think a lot of people like it because of the atmosphere that it manages to create. It's like this vintage, creepy, subtle but in-your-face kind of, like, world that they've built. Like, it's totally fictional. It's impossible, really. But at the same time, it's, like, got hints of, like, real past, in my opinion. Like, the the vintageness of it. I know there's another word that I can't think of, but it's... They've taken a time from the past and made it stand still in this time that's meant to be now. And it's very clever and it works very well. And even just the concept of the story and the concept of rapture is enough to make it horror in my opinion because they couldn't really create a more claustrophobic isolated type setting even though it's also wondrous as well I don't know if that's the right word but it's super cool everyone's in awe when they first arrive in rapture and stuff and it makes sense why but also that definitely at least for me conjured up these feelings of claustrophobia which is actually strange because I'm a scuba diver so it shouldn't bother me that much but that set the tone as well as the fact it's not just somewhere that you can just leave I think that's where more of the claustrophobic side comes from so then when you then discover what is lying waiting for you in Rapture that's a hard no for me <laughs> for the game I thought that my favourite part of it was actually the sound design I thought it was so well done the music, obviously, like I was saying before, adds to this atmosphere of vintageness and history, but also the sound effects as well, like they just felt spot on. And the 3D, like, is it called 3D audio? I'm not sure, but how you knew that there was something in the room with you, even if you couldn't see it. I know a lot of games do that, and a lot of games do it well, but I think it was very well done here as well. So I think it's like definitely worth mentioning because. I imagine that that can be the difference between a really good atmosphere or not. So just all these little things contribute into this atmospheric game that they've built. I thought the pacing was really good as well, to be honest. I felt like it wasn't so fast that you got lost with what you were doing or it was like hectic and like you didn't know what to do. 
and it wasn't so slow that nothing was happening. It was like a good amount of slowness that created this suspense, but also it wasn't slow. It was like, I probably made it slower than it needed to be because I was scared to go into the different rooms. <laughs> but if you're just a bit braver than I am and if you just go at your own pace, I feel like the way they've made the game is that it, it's paced very well. I've written here that it felt like a scare maze and I know exactly what I meant. I don't know if you've ever been in one, but obviously scare maze is where you go through where there's live actors and they jump out and scare you. Like it had the perfect vibe of a scare maze and that that's actually interesting to me because I've got a bit desensitized to scare mazes they don't scare me so much anymore they used to like make me cry <laughs> and now I just enjoy them like I wouldn't even mind walking like at the front of the group through one now I think they still scare me but the game still scares me more games have always scared me more and the fact that I said that it felt like a scam is to me is actually an improvement because maybe it's something that I would eventually be able to play. It's like a fun scary. Does that make sense? That's what I'm trying to say. It's not like nightmare. Well, it is nightmare, but it's not like horrendous horror that's going to make you cry. <laughs> so I think, I think that it's got an actually perfect amount of horror. Now I've already watched someone play Bioshock 1 and 2 already so I know where the story goes. A lot of the story is told through audio logs. I personally aren't the biggest fan of the way they tell the story just because like I can't do two things at once. Like I'm not even ashamed to admit it, I can't do two things at once. So if that's playing and if I get into any kind of combat or if I have to move or anything I can't listen to what's being said or I can't read the subtitles. I need to absorb it properly. So for me, I think that's why I'd, I've never really gotten too engaged in the story of Bioshock because I find it hard to follow in the way that they tell it. But it's not all just told through that. There are um, cutscenes as well and you have the person guiding you through, giving you like radio chat. And I like that side of it like that side of the story is really good and there are like moral choices that you can make and stuff I do like all that I just never personally got into it but another thing that I've learned from doing this is the fact that playing a game and watching someone else play it is two very different things and I feel like now if I watch Bioshock compared to when I watched it with no prior experience I'll enjoy it more now that I've experienced a bit of it I had the same feeling with The Last of Us where I didn't really enjoy watching The Last of Us but when I was playing just the intro of it the other month I felt way more into it just because I was the one that was playing it like it is a different feeling so something I need to consider in the future about when I'm watching things and trying to expand my uh, breadth of games I guess because both of those examples funnily enough are kind of minor horror games so Maybe eventually I will be able to do some horror, but then again, I thought the end of Uncharted was horror, so <laughs> that was really good for me playing that. My final two notes on Bioshock is one, I really think that they should make it into a VR game. I think that would be terrifying. You know how they've done Borderlands? Do Bioshock. I think people would love it. I think it would be so immersive, especially with the way that the sound is already designed and especially as well with the move controllers. So you could control 
your plasmid hand in this hand and your weapon hand in that hand separately like you can do in Skyrim. That is a must play for anyone that is a fan of the series. I think that would do so well. And my final note, just the reason that I think that we got this whole collection this month is because there's been announcements of Bioshock 4. So they're definitely trying to build a bit of hype there, in my opinion. Next up, we've got The Sims 4, which is 16.5 gigabytes and it is developed by Maxis. I don't know if that's how you say it. <laughs> now, this is the base game only, no extra expansion packs or anything like that. But you can play it with a keyboard and mouse if you wish. I think it's advisable. Now, I actually think this is a really good PS Plus game because many people have played The Sims in one way or another in their lifetime. For me, I played all the way from the first one. You know, when I was a kid, I had The Sims 1. I was terrified, absolutely, definitely terrified of the robber. I was like, the first thing that I had to buy in any house was a burglar alarm. <laughs> and then um, Sims 2, I was a huge fan. Like, I had most of the expansions for Sims 1, but also me and my sister shared them. And then Sims 2, again, I had most of the expansions. Well, about half, I would say. And then Sims 3, I wasn't such a fan at first. And then many years later, I tried it again and it, like it blew my mind. And I totally appreciate the evolvement, evolvement, evolution, that's <laughs> the evolution of this concept that they've got of a life simulator. The way that they built on it was just genius. Going from very low graphics, just very basic stuff in The Sims 1 to The Sims 2 making everything like fully, I want to say 3D, that's not the right, you know what I mean though, the difference in the graphics and a lot more options and stuff. Then moving on to The Sims 3 where it's pretty much open world and you can basically design anything that you want to design. It was brilliant. Then on to Sims 4 and that's where I like wobble a little bit. But as a PS Plus game, I think it works out well. I think it's not the best example of The Sims for people that want to try it out. But maybe a lot of people wouldn't try it out anyway. So at least getting some, they get the idea of what it is. They might not even like it. They might like it and want to explore other types of Sim games. If so, they can. So for The Sims 4, I pre-ordered it on PC when it first came out. I played it once and then I uninstalled it and never played it again because I was that angry but when I've revisited it on the PS4 it's not as bad as I remember. In fact I think I revisited it on my PC a few months ago before I revisited it on here so I was kind of familiar about I was more ready for the fact that it's not open world and there are some improvements on some of the functions of stuff if that makes sense. But to me, that doesn't make up for what's missing, personally. Now, I'm really not a big fan of the way that The Sims does things. Obviously, when I was younger, I didn't used to see it. And maybe they do it more now than they ever did before. But the, the way that you have to get the base game and then they release everything is either expansion packs and then stuff packs. So if you want more stuff, you have to buy these ones. If you want more gameplay features, you have to buy these whole full-priced games. Like, I can't get on board with that anymore. If you want the full experience, you've got to spend, like, thousands of pounds. And probably my PC couldn't run it anyway. Or my... I don't know how that all works on the PS4. 
But one of the advantages to the PC is the fact that you can add in mods, which I don't think you can do on the PS4. Especially on the older Sims games, there are so many mods. And I used to spend so much time just going through the mod websites. I didn't even get any functionality ones. I just got the <laughs> hairs and the makeups and I just made characters and stuff. And the thing about The Sims 4 is I feel like there's less options with that and the thing about the sims 3 was you could almost mod things yourself in a way because you could add in your own textures and stuff into the actual game to redecorate your house you know whereas in this game you can only have the specific things that they give you and that's why they sell like they have so many more stuff packs because you have to buy if you want more stuff and i i understand but i'm not a fan um, and I would never go down the rabbit hole again of buying one thing and then being like, oh, but I wanted that and then I wanted that. And so I was happy to get to try it on the PlayStation. I thought it worked fine. I'm not going to lie. I thought it worked fine. I'd, I'm keeping it installed because I think it's a good type of game when you just want to wind down and have a mess about. And like I say, I think it's good for the people that have heard of The Sims that have never actually got to try it themselves. Because there's so many different ways to play it. Even if you have heard about it, you might not know if you like it or not until you actually try it. Because you could go down the route of playing it as yourself, as a character. You could make characters from things that you like. Or you could make a totally random character. And, you know... there is replayability so you can decide what you want to focus on you can have a big family you can have relationships you can have jobs you can have hobbies and it is fun like I do think it's a solid experience and it's the kind of game that you can get obsessed with and you can lose so many hours to it but then you end up just you do that for a day or two and then you delete it and then you have to start over again but depending on what you want that could be exactly the experience you need like and I think that's why it's a good PS plus game because you don't really want to buy a game like that but if you've got it then you can just install it whenever you want so I think that as much as I don't like The Sims 4 as much as I like The Sims 3 I think it's a good PS plus game and it makes sense that we just got the base game it gives you the option if you want to buy any expansion packs and finally we got a bonus game this month which is firewall zero hour which is a psvr game and unfortunately i didn't play it so this is one of the reasons that this whole roundup is so late out is because i was trying to build up the steam to play this game and i haven't ended up trying it because it's such a faff on to try and set my vr up and then try and get my capture card going last time i tried to do it i couldn't figure it out and then because this is an online game i didn't feel up to being online with anyone because i had like quite a bad month so i thought i've done a bit of research i'll tell you a bit about the game but unfortunately i haven't played it so i'm just going to have some other footage going over the top for the video firewall zero hour it's 34.9 gigabytes and is developed by First Contact Entertainment Inc. It is an online squad based first person shooter. Now you can use either your DualShock 4, your regular controller, or you can use the AIM controller, which is apparently the total best way to play it. I don't have an AIM controller, unfortunately, and it is not compatible with the moves, which is a shame, but I think it's because it needs an analog stick. So the game has three modes. It has single player person versus environment, 
from what I can read, it's just basically that's like learning the mechanics and training a bit. It's not like a fully... People don't buy the game for that. Then there is also a multiplayer PvE, which again, I think it's not necessarily what people buy the game for, but it's there if you don't fancy playing against real people. But I think the, the main point of this game is the multiplayer PvP. Squads of four fighting against each other. One squad is attack, the other squad is defend. And I think the only mode is you are either attacking to steal or defending this intel, like a laptop that you need to get. And I guess there's different maps. I don't know, don't quote me on that. But um, that's the game. Um, I feel like one it is something that is super exciting for VR. I think it was, I was really excited when it first came out and it is something that I would like to try eventually. Maybe if I had friends who had VR, I could squad up and do it like that. But I think it's a type of game that is super exciting and it, I think it gives you a glimpse into the kind of future where everyone's, you know, gaming together in these fully immersive games. I think the problem with it is there's just not a lot of variety maybe there's not a lot of modes it works well if you are working as a team it is strongly said that this is a game about teamwork so if you're just a person like me maybe you don't want to go on your mic your team might not like that because it's a lot about communication and if you can't work together as a team it's gonna spoil your chances of winning it's gonna cause frustration and for that reason it's not gonna be for everyone if you die, you don't respawn, but instead you get to watch through the security cameras, as far as I can see. And um, you can still communicate with your team, so you can say, oh, this person is here, or watch out for that there, or something like that. Which, if both teams can do that, I suppose it creates an interesting challenge and an interesting dynamic. But I just feel like there could be more variety in the mode. So instead of just having 4v4 squads, you could have... Why not do a full-on battle royale or 2v2, four squads, you know what I mean? And then, see, I base a lot of my online gaming that I have played myself was Grand Theft Auto 4 a long time ago. And I loved it, it was amazing. And on there you had like a deathmatch, your team deathmatch, which were basically wipe out the other squads, which is a standard thing. And there was other modes like uh, races and then there was the race where you can get out of your car. That was carnage. It was brilliant. And I think that it could have done with more of them kind of... I know, uh, think about COD. Think um, There's different modes and actually any of the previous multiplayer games that I've tried on here, think about all the different modes that there can be. And I think that that would have made this game absolutely just head and shoulders worth more value than what it is right now because people would like more variety i think however the problem that comes with that the more mods there are the more people you need playing and from what i could read before that sometimes people struggle to get a game you can be waiting in your lobby forever and i don't think the games are that long neither so once you're done then you might end up back in the lobby again and it's a bit of a chew However, again, that's why it's good bringing out this game as a PS Plus game. It's like an instant boost to the player base. Maybe they're not all going to stick around, but for this month or whatever, you are guaranteed to have a boost in the numbers. And if even half of them stick around, like it's good for the regular people that play. 
And then obviously, again, everyone who are friends with other people that have VR and who have PS Plus, they can all play it together because they now all own it. So it can only do good things for the player base. And I am very happy to have finally got a VR game as an extra because I feel like it's been a long time coming. I feel like we've kind of... I was going to say we deserve it. How bad is that? No, we haven't done anything to earn it. But more just the fact that I want them to be pushing VR because it has to go both ways. People have to buy it, but people have to have a reason to buy it, you know? And I really want VR to not just be this thing because there are people that think that it's just a novelty and I really think that it's going to be a staple for the future it's not going to replace flat gaming I don't think because sometimes you can't you know you don't want to be that into it sometimes you just want to be able to switch off and play but for them to be able to make advances in VR they need to have people that are interested and the more games that they can give us now that there's quite a big catalogue of games if they can just start drip feeding these VR games and then the prices of the VR, when they bring out the next one, this price will go down for the model it's out now. And it's like, it's going to build up a proper fan base because it has to, because it is good. It like it, It's mind-blowing and I'm just such a supporter for VR. You wouldn't think <laughs> because I didn't play the game, but... Again, I've had troubles with trying to get it hooked up to my capture card. So overall for February, I thought it was a great month. We got one, two, three, four, five games. Can't really complain with that. One of them's a VR game, so I suppose a lot of people aren't going to be happy. But that was extra anyway. They didn't replace one of the other games to give us a VR game, which I think is very nice. The Bioshock collection, either a lot of people already have it who might not be very happy but there might be a lot of people who had the ps3 version that never had the ps4 version and now they have it on ps4 too and it gives them a reason to go back to it and re-experience the game that they used to know and then again the sims 4 i've already said why i think that's a great game for ps plus even for me someone who is a bit of a sims fan i wasn't going to buy it i kind of wanted it on ps4 but i wasn't going to buy it now i've got it so if i ever did want to spend any money on it I could get an expansion pack for it. So I just think very, very, very good month. I'm very impressed. I don't need to make any um, guesses about what next month is because I am two months behind. I have to like sincerely, sincerely apologise. I don't mean to do it. But next month is March and the games are Shadow of the Colossus and Sonic Forces. So I'm going to catch you soon with them because I'm going to record them right now. (laughs) So thank you for listening and I'll catch you in a bit. Bye.